Good morning. Good to see you this morning. The choir will be coming in in a moment. And uh, I just wanted to let you know that if you're new with us or new with us for the, uh, haven't been here with us for a long time, that after the service out at the welcome desk out this door, uh, that uh, Joey will be out there, Pastor Joey, and you'll see him and he can give you some information about the church and things that are going on in the church and uh, just how you might connect better with us. And we'll look forward to that time together. Also to let you know that there'll be some guys there, our offering um, uh, offering plates will be there and there will also be some uh, black boxes on the wall if you would rather, if you're more comfortable in serving uh, and giving in that manner. Also I wanted to just make a special note that the men's ministry uh, meeting, our fishermen's ministry will be tonight at 6.15. Now guys this is a change but we mentioned, we talked about this the last time we met. Normally it's the last Sunday of the month, but this Sunday uh, it's going to be at uh, 6.15 today. So we'll look forward to that time together. Ryan, have we already seen that one minute video? Okay, there's a new women's ministry um, going on, uh, a Bible study on Wednesday nights um, on the book of Acts. So you'll, you've already seen that. Pray for the choirs in a minute as they sing and also uh, Arena, if we'll just kneel before the Lord and get ready to worship as uh, Arena plays for us this morning. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. I love this verse. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Sing it with me. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had led. 
the crimson stain he washed it white as From the Red Sea, a celebration of a people who've been set free. When God delivered David from his enemies, he couldn't help but lift his praises to the King. I hear a song of Paul and Silas in that prison. Even the jailer stood and wondered. I see the angels seated there at God's right hand, a mighty chorus singing, worthy is the Lamb. I'm just another voice in the song that's being sung when I see the many things God has done. Then sings, then sings my soul.
timing. Would you stand with us today as we join our voices to the Lord today in singing Chain Breaker? been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, you to know why I like to sing that song. If I don't use that song for a period of time, and by the way, praise team, people can tell me all day, you've, you've dusted some off today. We haven't done these songs in a while. But if I don't do this, that chain breaker every so often, I want you to know I have senior adults who say, when are you going to sing chain breaker? And I appreciate that very, very much. Thank you. Mercy in your eyes to 
salvation, Jesus for our Savior died. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory and majesty, praise forever to the King of peace. And the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath, till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb that conquered death, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who come to the Father are restored, and the church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame, now this gospel through the
your servant, our pastor, brings the word to us, that we will receive it with open hearts, gladness of heart, that we won't just be stirred up today, but changed. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. so thankful for just our time of worship today and the music and hey would you just show your appreciation to brother scott our choir and all the band and the praise team would you do that god bless you man thank you so much so much hey i got good news we are no longer homeless all right so the lord is so good and uh so we found a house. We're going to be about 12 minutes away from the church. So we wanted to be within that 15-minute range. And we're so thankful for that. When I was growing up, I mean, I grew up in Greer, all right? And so if you grew up in Greer, you shouldn't, you shouldn't make fun of other towns' names. But I used to make fun of Roebuck. Well, guess where the Lord put us? We're going to be living in the big metropolis of Roebuck. Hallelujah. All right. And uh, so uh, we're so excited and Pat's excited. So if Pat's excited, bless the Lord on my soul, I'm excited, right? That's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. But so good to see each of you today. If you're a guest today, what a joy to have you to be a part of this service today and just thankful for your attendance. And, you know, last week I started a, a series out of the book of Titus, and I want to go right back to the book of Titus today, Titus chapter 1. There's a couple things that I just didn't have time for last week, but I, so I want to go back and I want to I wanna finish this thought because I just think it's so critically important. And we talked about a follower of Jesus and what that can look like and this idea of submission and surrender and uh, to be this bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and how that affects every single area of our life. And so I want to go back into that text today and I want to talk about something that you might think could be boring, all right? If I use terms like doctrine or theology, you're thinking, oh, Ken, don't get all academic on us. No, let me just tell you something. Doctrine is critically important to the Christian life, all right? So doctrine is teaching. It's teaching about God. It's understanding who God is. And I, I, I love this. I, I found this from some trusted sources, and I love this definition. Doctrine is teaching from God about God that directs us to the glory of God, all right? So we've got to know what we believe and why we believe it. We need to have a biblical answer for whatever question comes our way. And so I want to spend just a few minutes today talking about that. We, uh, we had uh, two of our grandsons come home with us. Uh, we were up here doing some things, and so two of our grandsons went home with us, uh, Owen and Emmett. And they spent two nights with us, three days, and boy, did we have a blast. 
Pat's dad bought them a couple of toys. He loves going to the Joculot flea market, all right? He goes every week to Anderson. He carries a little, you know, cash in his front pocket, and he buys all these things, and, and it's awesome. And uh, I, he, he's bought me all kind of things that are just uh, absolutely amazing, probably illegal, <laughs> but I love them, all right? And uh, so uh, I have some some knockoff Dallas Cowboy championship rings. I have all five of them. I think you can actually go to jail for stuff like that, all right? And so, uh, but, but uh, they were a gift. And so, so I, I just, ever, and to be totally truthful, every now and then I'll wear one just for the fun of it, all right? <laughs> People just treat you different if they think you're a Dallas Cowboy, all right? So uh, I probably shouldn't have told you that. But anyway... So, so uh, he goes to the jocular, he bought some toys, and he, man, he hit a home run with a couple of things. And so there was a, ro- a remote-controlled dinosaur, okay? Oh, my gosh, we heard that for three straight days, all right? And so it's just going everywhere. And then he bought this thing that kind of, I don't know what, I don't know really how to describe it, but it's kind of like a transformer. It looks like a crane, but then when you open it up, it's like a, another dinosaur or something. All right, and so Owen was fascinated. He's the oldest one of the two. He was fascinated with that crane, so he's playing with the crane. And, and then I noticed he would, he would hit these buttons, and it would talk to you, and it would say, like, say, go forward. And if you said, go forward, the truck would go forward. And if you said, sound the alarm, and he would sound the alarm. I mean, it was, it was, I was, I had so much fun with that truck. And all of a sudden, here's what it said. It said, a structure is only as sound as its foundation. I said, oh, and that thing is spitting some truth out right there. Think about that. A toy said something incredibly profound, didn't it? A structure is only as sound as the foundation. Now, isn't that just as true for the Christian life? The structure of who we are as the people of God are going to be as sound as the foundation that you and I build upon. And I thought, man, that thing was so good. I said, Owen, hit it again. And the next thing it said was this, look out below. And I thought, well, you could read something into that, right? But, but I didn't. I just stopped. I stopped with the first one. So I want to I talk today about sound doctrine. And the importance of sound doctrine. So if you found your place, Titus chapter 1, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word. Matter of fact, hold your Bible or your device up and say this with me. This is the Bible, God's perfect, changing Word. Amen. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, For the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness and hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I've been entrusted by the command of God our Savior to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Savior. Father, thank you again for just the privilege of coming today to be a part of this gathering. Lord, it's one that we do not take lightly. Lord, we believe your word when it says that as we see the day approaching, God, that you you want us to gather together, to be together, to, to learn together, to be instructed together. God, just to, to worship, to praise you together. Lord, there's something wonderful when the body of Christ gets together. And so, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for a time of Bible study. Thank you for a, a sweet time of worship, God, through song and Uh, Lord, thank you that we can sing together that you are holy, holy, holy. Jesus, that you would die for us, that you would rise again for us, that we could know your resurrected life in and through our own lives. Lord, what a blessing. 
And so, Lord, today I pray that you would just continue to teach us just, Lord, how important your word is, Lord, to build on a solid foundation. And so, Lord, would you just use these moments to to open our eyes, to open our heart, our ears. Lord, let us see what you see. Lord, let us feel what you feel. God, let us hear today what you desire that we hear. And Jesus, for all that you do, we'll give you praise, we'll give you honor and glory, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. If I go back to the latter part of verse 1, I love the phrase, knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth. And we know that the word, listen, the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. And when it begins to even unpack itself in the text, so we know that the truth comes from God. We know that this truth in time was manifested in His word. We understand that preaching is something that had been entrusted to Paul. It's it's something that is so critically important to body life. And so when when you boil all that down, I would begin today by saying this, build your life on truth. I believe it's the will of God that we build our life on the truth, on sound doctrine. As you continue reading chapter 1, and I would encourage you to do that, you will see that Paul encouraged the teaching of truth and he, he discouraged the teaching of falsehood. Look at verse 9. He talks about that pastor, that leader. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So all through chapter 1, you have this encouragement to, to, to make much of sound doctrine. It has rightly been said that your theology will write your biography. Think about that. What you believe about God makes a difference in your own life. That our doctrine, what we believe, the creeds, the principles, this this system of belief that we have through the Word of God, uh, this doctrine is linked to our behavior. The truth is, every person in this room, you are building your life on something, right? You're believing something. You're trusting something. You have have some belief system. And and, and in chapter 1, he says that the the folks in Crete, their their belief system was about the traditions of men and fables and myths. In other words, they had built their whole life on nothing but lies, untruths. And so all of us are going to build our life on something. And so we, we know that that is true. Look at verse 13, just so you understand. He says that um, this testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. So what are you building your life upon today? Are you building your life upon anything other than the truth of the Word of God? And sometimes it starts early. Sometimes I think we do a total misjustice, even to our children. We bring them up and we want to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. But, but if we're not careful, we begin to teach little things here and there that really aren't sound and biblical. And here's what happens over time. Over time, you can get to the place where you can think it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere. I'm going to tell you, that is a dangerous place to be. It does matter what you believe. It does matter what you think. Because as the Bible says, as a man thinks what? So is he. 
And so I, I want you to, to be careful of that because I'm just telling you, the lies of this world promise a lot, but they, they, don't, they don't pay very well. Have you ever seen an advertisement you think, man, I want that? So you order it. And then you get it and you go, this thing is a piece of junk, right? You just think, I have just wasted my money. I bought a bill of goods. I thought this was going to be something productive and helpful and beneficial, and I have done nothing but waste my money. I'm just telling you, if you build your life on anything else than the Word of God, truth, and sound doctrine, I promise you, friends, you are wasting your life. And so John Piper made that phrase very popular. Don't waste your life, right? Don't waste it. Build on the truth of Scripture. Build on sound doctrine. The second thing I would say is this, and it's so simple. You think, Ken, why do you have to say this? Because it needs to be said. First of all, build your life on truth, sound doctrine. Number two, the source of truth is the Word of God. I cannot overemphasize that enough. You would think in 2003, as long as we've been a church body, that we shouldn't take that for granted. But the truth is we do take it for granted. And so I just want you to hear that afresh and new. You think, Ken, it, it just seems too elementary. It seems unnecessary to make it a bullet point. But I assure you it is not. You are either building on the Word or you are being built by the world. One of two things is happening in this room with every single life. You're being influenced by this world or you're being influenced by the Word. If you're building on the world's precepts and principles, then personalities are really important to you. And I'm just going to tell you, it's a dangerous thing to build your life on personalities. It's a dangerous thing. You can build your life on tradition. Boy, we see that happen in so many churches where we just build our life on tradition and we have no clue why we do what we do. It doesn't even have to be biblical, but we do it and we will protect it and guard it and get hopping mad if somebody tries to mess with it. Y'all have heard the story, right? This, this young lady asked her mom, Mom, why did you cut the end of the ham off? And she said, well, I really don't know, but Grandma always cut the end of the ham off. So they talked to Grandma. Grandma, why did, why did you cut the end of the ham off? And she said, I don't know. My mom cut the end of the ham off. And they said, great, Grandma. Why did you cut the end of the ham off? And she said, so I could get it in the pot. I mean, sometimes we think there's this deep thing that we have to have, Right? And the truth is it may not point us to a place that we grow and mature in our walk with God whatsoever. We just hold it dear because it's a tradition. Some folks can't survive without a bulletin on Sunday morning. Lord forbid if we don't have a bulletin. We can't have church if we don't have a bulletin. You'll make it. I promise you, you'll make it. It'll be okay. I mean, I've been in churches where, you know, the choir had to have robes because the choir just couldn't sing if they didn't have robes on. I say it's okay to be dressed. Amen? But I don't think it has to be robes. I mean, well, I could go on with that, but y'all understand the point. You're going to build your life on the Word, or you're going to build it on a personality. You're going to build it on a tradition. You're going to build it on a preference can't tell you how many churches listen just in almost just you know not even quite two years of working with the state convention just hearing people and churches and issues I can't tell you how many churches struggle over preference who gives a rip if the carpet's blue I mean probably somebody does I made a I was really young in the ministry I was serving on church staff at Indian Trail, North Carolina. We're back in the old building. Pat, you remember the old building? There were some special moments happened in that old building. But that carpet was wore out. I mean, wore slap out. And so the church had voted to get some new carpet. Well, the family that had given the original carpet was hopping mad. 
And so the son couldn't get any traction with the preacher, and he couldn't get any traction with the music guy. So guess what? He comes to me. And here I am. We are as green as a gourd, just punks. And he comes to me on a Sunday night and gives me that song and dance about how his dad gave the money. And, and I, I just said, I appreciate your dad giving the money. But if your dad were here, he would, he would be floored because there's holes and gaps and it's dangerous and people are tripping in the holes of the carpet. And, and, and if it means so much to you, I'll tell you what let's do. We'll rip it up, roll it up, and we'll take it to your house. <laughs> now, I have tried to learn over the years to be a little bit kinder. But why do we base so much of what we say is truth on preference? It's not truth at all. Preference. If you like vanilla, eat vanilla. But don't mess with the folks that like chocolate. Are you with me? You can't build your life on preference. But you can build a productive spiritual life on the word of God. There's only one truth, right? There's only one truth, and that is the word. There's only one thing that can produce godliness. I love this text. So here's the knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. In other words, it produces godliness. It produces hope. It produces eternal life. It connects with God who never lies. There's a promise to that truth before the ages even began that the word that the word and the flesh would come. And who was that? We know that that was Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made manifest and dwelt among us. So we know that truth is none other than Jesus himself. So sound doctrine is important because it's the word. And so we as a church have got to make a decision. And we've got to make this one early on in this season of our spiritual life. If we're going to believe certain things, then we've got to commit to those things. Because if I were to ask you as a church today, do you believe that we believe in the Great Commission. Okay, I have one yes. I'm, this is not a rhetorical question. I really need some feedback. Do you believe in the Great Commission? Let me ask you this. Do you believe it till it's helped shape your life? So that means you're winning people to Jesus. Hmm. Didn't get as many amens on that one. You feel where I'm going with this? If we say we believe it, then we have to live it out. If we want to teach it, we've got to live it. It's got to be practiced. It's got to be obeyed. It's got to be served. It's, it's, it's a truth that God wants to live out in each of us. That, my friend, is the, the clinical definition of sound doctrine. God said it, that settles it. Right? When I, was, when I was a kid growing up, there was a bumper sticker. I've always been fascinated with bumper stickers. And there was a bumper sticker that would say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Friend, I'm going to tell you something straight up. It don't matter if you believe it or not. If God said it, it settles it, period. You could, I'm just saying, exclamation point right there. Doctrine. So again, is, is doctrine that important? It sure is. And by the way, there is so much doctrine in the first five verses. Can I show you real quick? Let me show you what I'm talking about. In verses 1 through 4, there's the doctrine of salvation. The doctrine of salvation. He makes it very, very clear that Jesus is our Savior. That salvation is coming to the truth, and the truth is Jesus. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through him. Acts 4.12 says, nor is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And so what you see right here, smack dab in chapter 1, is the doctrine 
doctrine of salvation. Jesus is Savior, period. Amen? Amen. We believe that. How about the doctrine of sanctification? The latter part of verse 1. That saving faith leads to godliness. If you look at chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passion, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. In other words, if you name the name of Jesus, God will so change you that you live out all that he says you already are. That's sanctification. There's the doctrine of sanctification. How about the doctrine of God? In verse 2, it says that God does not lie. You know what that means? That means God is truth, right? That God is truth. John 17, 3 says he's the only true God. If he is the only true God, that means what he says is truth. If what he says is truth, that means everything he says is reliable. That means you can take it to the bank. Right? If he said he came, he came. If he said he died, he died. If he said he rose again, he rose again. If he said he's coming back, and he did, mark it down, Vern, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. There's the doctrine of God. There's the doctrine of scriptures. Verse 3, it's manifested his Word. How does God reveal himself? He reveals himself through Jesus, who is the Word and the Scripture itself. I'm telling you, I don't know if you understand this or not, but when I'm reading the Bible, it is though that you should be hearing the voice of Jesus. Amen? It's the, the doctrine of Scriptures. There's the doctrine of the church. Look at verse 4. To Titus, my true child in a common faith. That means all of us that are saved by grace have a common faith. Amen? I mean, you didn't get to Jesus any different than I got to Jesus. We all got to Jesus the same way. Through the shed blood, through his resurrected life. Not of works lest any man should boast, right? So we have a common faith. It's the doctrine of the church. And that's why it's important to gather I, I, listen, I don't, know that, I don't know yet. I don't know if we're any different than the average Baptist church in some areas. But I'm going to find out. I can promise you that. I'm going to find out. I, I really want to find out how many members do we actually have. I know the FBI may not find some of them. I mean, I get it. I get it. But I kind of want to know where, we, where are we in that? Because if we believe the Bible, we believe in sound doctrine, so we, we believe in the doctrines of the Bible, and when it teaches us that, that we are part of a body and that we should stay connected because we can't be who we need to be without every member of the body, that means that, hey, membership should be meaningful, amen? And it, it, Sunday morning gatherings should not be an option. I know this. I could go off right there, but I won't. But we're going to find out, right? We really are. We're going we're to find out what you believe about giving. Oh, boy. You, I knew it. I knew it was coming up. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Good. I'm glad you knew it. Because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we're going to find out, do we really believe what we say we believe, or is it just words that we speak and no, no life to it whatsoever? Now, I just got to be honest with you. I don't want to be the kind of church that talks a big talk and has nothing to show for it. I want us to be a people of the book, a people of the Bible. We know what we believe and why we believe it. And if anybody asks us a question, we can give them a biblical response. Not I think or I feel. Lord Jesus, save us from the thinkers and the feelers. Well, I think, I don't care. Well, I feel like, I don't care. 
Let's just go ahead and get that down big and plain. I don't care. What I care about, do we believe the Bible and are we practicing the truth? That's what's important. I'll end up today by saying the sound doctrine produces true life change. Sound doctrine. And so maybe, maybe you're here today and say, Ken, I just struggle. I mean, I still struggle with things. Like, I get it, I get it. And by the way, you may always struggle. I mean, I mean, that may be part of the Christian life that God just uses to discipline us and teach us and train us. Paul said, I got a thorn in the flesh. Lord, I'm asking you to take it away, and you ain't taking it away. And the Lord said, I'm not going to take it away, but my grace is sufficient, right? So there may be some issues that God never takes away, but God will use it to teach you and grow you about himself. And God will use his word, sound doctrine, to teach you and grow you. Your circumstances may not change, but he may just change you. And you you may discover beauty for ashes. You may discover there's a greater greater dimension of the Christian life than you ever knew that there was. Sound doctrine will build up your faith. If I just walk through the text, I I can make this argument. Sound doctrine builds up your faith. In other words, it exercises your spiritual muscles. Builds your faith. It leads to godliness. It means it produces a change. It's, it's not ungodly living. It's holy living. It reveals God and his ways. I love, I love verse 3. And at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching which has been entrusted by the command. That God God would so use it in such a way that he could reveal himself, that he can reveal his ways. And And then here's what it does. Listen, this is so good. It promotes unity. Don't you want to be a unified church? We need to be a unified church, right? And so what does God use to help unify the body? It's so simple. Don't miss it sound doctrine and and when we agree around sound doctrine and live it out you know what you experience i love because it's right here in the text grace and peace grace and peace um I know that we're going to have some moments. I, I, I think the enemy is going to see to that. I think we're going to experience some warfare. Right? But here's what we're going to do. We're going to ward it off. We're not going to fight each other. We're going to fight the enemy. And we're going to guard ourselves and, and start building up our spiritual muscles with the word of God. And you know what? As long as we do that, we'll be sure that we'll, be, we'll, we'll know exactly what we're dealing with. We'll know exactly where the issues are coming from. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Somebody say amen. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Unity. And man, when we have unity, we're going to see life change happen. We're just going to, I'm just telling you, it's just going to change some things. May change you. May change you from being greedy to a giver. Might change you from being a complainer to a praiser. Might 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 change you and change your home and change your outlook on life to understand that that God is large and in charge and all he wants us to do is come to him and we're going to submit ourselves to him and submit ourselves to the truth of the word and and we're going to we're going to hide that word in our heart and we're going to live that word and believe that word we're going to watch God work 
sound doctrine. I'm going to tell you, doctrine is extremely practical. You need to underline that somewhere. Write that down. Doctrine is extremely practical because it's joining God with where he's at and learning to live his way. See, if I line myself up with the word, if I'm bent out of shape, Well, I'll save that for another day. I'll save that for another day. So next week, I'm going to go right back to the text, except we're going to start in verse 6. And I'm going to preach about me. <laughs> and it's going to hurt. Because we're going to walk through, hey, truth matters when it comes to doctrinal integrity. And truth matters when it comes to the pastor. So I'm going to have to lay myself open next Sunday morning because the text next Sunday morning deal with me. And it's not fun preaching about me. But it's truth, right? And we're going to go with the whole counsel of truth. Let me ask, let me just, just kind of wrap this up. And I want to ask the question I asked earlier. What are you building your life on? trying to be happy or you're trying to be holy what are you building your life on what are you building your life on at the end of the day when you stand before God and God says why should I let you into my family what are you going to say what are you going to say how would you respond to that and I would simply commend you to Jesus right now and say, okay, if there's anything in your life that you know is being influenced and shaped by the world instead of the word, today's the day for life change. If you've never been saved, I'm going to invite you to come. Let me show you how to be saved. Maybe you're a born-again believer, but, man, you have struggled with your walk. Today's a good day to come and lay it down before Jesus. I would wear this altar out. Okay? There's something else you need to know about me really quick. I, I, I'm not going to put any notches in my gun belt whether anybody responds during the invitation or not. I will never guilt you. I will never twist. I will never try to use emotion. At the same time, I'll tell you this. If you came to the altar every single week, nobody in this room is going to be your judge or your jury. This altar needs to be open at any moment that we can come before a holy and righteous God. Amen? So, so if you're here today and say, Ken, I can't believe you didn't answer that. Well, believe. Truth. Lord Jesus, today, I'm asking you to save, I'm asking you to change, I'm asking you to do a work of grace that only you can do. God, if there's one here today that needs you, I pray, God, I can't make them do that. That's a work of your grace, but I believe, God, that you're calling somebody to yourself, and I pray that someone would be saved today. God, maybe someone here today has been building their life in exclusion of your word. They know where they are is wrong. They know what they're doing is unpleasing to you. God, they would have to classify it as ungodly. And today, God, could be a great day just to come clean, repent, turn from sin and self. God, to lay that thing at your feet and begin to build their life on the truth of your word. God, maybe somebody needs to join this fellowship today. This is the church body, God, that you're, you're directing someone that they, they need to be a part of and to, to get in, to begin to grow and to mature and, God, to be used of you. And so, Lord, we, we just ask that you do that. Lord, whatever you want to do, Lord, you do right now in this invitation, and we pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And as you stand, Brother Scott, our singers, musicians, they're going to lead us in an invitation hymn. My only, my only challenge today is just respond.
to whatever Jesus is speaking to you about. Trust him. Trust him. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I know this family. Uh, I've known them for a long time, to be honest. It's kind of cool just to, to watch how the Lord just, you know, you look back in time and was a part of their wedding ceremony. And now to, to see their daughter, Raven, was baptized a few weeks ago. And so Jonathan, Alice, and their family come this morning wanting to unite with Poplar Springs Baptist Church. And amen. Would you just welcome them? Amen. Amen. We are so excited about that. And so, Joy, make her some room, buddy. PS 101. That gr it's growing. It's, uh, I like it. It's growing. And I know that we've got uh, probably four, I think about four families right now that are connected in this cycle of PS 101. And so, so grateful. If you don't know what that is, that, that is where you come and you learn about who we are how we think, how we tick, what we believe, and what membership actually means here at Poplar Spring. And so I, I'm so excited and so excited about this. This is special. This is so special. And so um, Ace, you're the man, buddy. You are the man. We are so glad that y'all uh, have made this decision today. And uh, so let's pray over them, and we will be anything we need to share. We're, the only thing is, we'll just ask them to stand here for a moment so our people can Absolutely. come and welcome you. Absolutely. They may even give you money. Who knows? All right, they might. You never know. <laughs> okay, Pat, give us some money, baby. <laughs> Lord, we love you. We just thank you for today. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for answering our prayers. God, thank you for this family. Thank you so much for Jonathan and Allison, their sweet family. And God, we just look forward to the days that are ahead. Lord, you are doing some great things, and we praise you for that. God, you are on the move, and thank you that you have chosen this body, God, to be a part of your redemptive work. God, help us to never take that for granted. Lord, continue to teach us your truth, 
and may we live it out in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Come by. Love on this family. Thank you.